Killers of the Flower Moon is over, but here on Post Show Recaps Theater, we're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with Ariel. Ariel, how you doing? I am great, Grace. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I I saw a three and a half hour movie, uh, and then the next day went to go watch a two and a half hour movie. So I'm doing great. Yeah, I was going to say three and a half hours, yeah. and we're not talking about the Taylor Swift movie again. <laughs> That's right. I mean, yeah, this one, uh, when I looked at the runtime for this, the era's concert i was like oh my god and then i looked at the one for scorsese i was like okay wow a lot of movies in in our <laughs> in our foreseeable future but, concert yeah um all right we're talking about killers of the flower moon highly anticipated movie from martin scorsese starring leonardo dicaprio robert de niro lily gladstone we're going to talk all about it make sure you subscribe postrecaps.com slash movies or search for post show recaps theater in your pod catcher app of choice ariel we talked at our pre-pro meeting and I know how you feel, but how did you feel about Killers of the Flower Moon? <laughs> I, you know, to your point, this had, yeah. this was a movie that was very, you know, people had been waiting for it. It was yeah. highly, highly, uh, you know, we were, we were hearing such incredible things about it and I, I was ever so slightly disappointed. I'll be honest. Like I, wow. I'm excited to talk about, you know, specifics and things that I did enjoy and things that, that felt bigger than the movie and, and, you know, the conversation around it. But I, you know, I, I wanted to like it more is 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 how i was really feeling when i walked out mm -hmm. of it and i know that sounds crazy everyone's like oh my god this movie is incredible and i i love that for you i just wish i had that for myself <laughs> selfishly yeah i'm only really seeing one other person who rated it low on the on letterboxd uh, that i follow um most people yeah getting giving it four four and a half five stars um yeah i mean i this is it's so interesting. I mean, I do feel like this movie has gotten there's pretty universal feedback, I feel like. So I'm really interested you coming in as somebody who I think like doesn't have the universal feedback. I think the universal feedback is like either wow, that's amazing. Like I somebody who I know who I highly respect their movie taste was like, so that's a masterpiece, right? Um, and I think it is close to that, and I don't know that I can like necessarily put masterpiece. I've been like hesitant to like say it and put that i put my label on that because i did really really like it but there is i think a piece of me that feels like there's something to it that i feel like i need to wrestle with and toy with and i think that's part of what he's trying to do but nevertheless that's my thing but but i feel like for the most part people really really love this the other feedback is like, oh my God, it's way too long. Like I'm not going to a movie that's three and a half hours, which yeah. I get. And it's interesting because Kills the Flower Moon is an Apple TV um, plus production and will be eventually released on, on streaming. This is one that I think like, I don't know exactly what happened here. It, it needed to be released in theaters for the stupid like Oscars -y thing of like, can it be nominated for an Oscar? I also think Scorsese get pushed a little bit. Did you get a, did you get a thank you message from, from Marty at the beginning of your movie, we did it. I I feel like I, I did every maybe movie I would to have, go to now. Maybe I would have liked the movie a little bit more, had I. But no, I didn't. Uh, actually, wait, that's a lie. I think I'm remembering now. It's coming in. It's coming in clear. Yeah, just very quick. He was like, "Thanks for seeing it in theaters." It was so funny that it's from an Apple TV, and they're like, yeah. basically, like eventually, be like, most people will watch this movie at home. Like, it did fine. It did good. At the, I think it's one of his best opening weekends. But still, it's not like he doesn't make blockbusters. He makes like. 
drama gangster epics you know so yeah. i don't know this is this is real cinema this cinema. is uh yeah. your point about he doesn't make blockbusters he has you know he's had choice words to say throughout uh recent times about you know marvel movies for example so i think that's a that's a funny that's a funny way of putting it would you i mean would you, would you recommend people go see this like i mean you know obviously there's like i i think it's fair that like I think that the length is purposeful. I think there's a purpose to it. And I think actually there's an argument that I feel like every time I say it, I'm being pretentious of like, there's a reason why it's three and a half hours and you should go watch it in, in theaters and like sit with the themes of this movie for three and a half hours instead of being able to, to like pause. I saw somebody uh, describe, I'm not going to name them. I, you can watch movies however you want, but it was like, I'm going to wait to see how I can watch this basically episodically. Mm -hmm. I do think there's like a purpose to the length of the film, but I know that sounds so pretentious and like <laughs> snobby of me to be like, you have to go see this in the theater. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, listeners know I'll be the first one to be like, this movie was, you know, 20 minutes too long or half an hour too long or whatever about much shorter movies. And, mm -hmm. and I don't think that that was necessarily how I was feeling coming out of this film. I will say there were some things that were included that I was like, uh, did we need to include that? But for the most part, it all felt very obviously intentional, but very important to the story they were trying to tell. Like, I think overall, and I've said this a million times, like, you know, Drive My Car, one of my favorite films mm. of that year. Last year? Two years ago? I guess two years ago now, yeah. It was. It's three hours long. It's incredible. Some of the fastest three hours yeah, 2021. I've, ever, I've ever sat through and loved. So like length overall, even though I'm quick to complain about it, it's more about like how does, how does the thing feel? How does it pace? Uh, that's not really... A, th a thing that I feel about this movie, but I did see, you know, maybe I'm, um, maybe I encountered the same uh, tweet or whatever it was that you did where a person was like, oh, thank God, I can, I can watch this for 20 minutes at a time. Like I prefer on, you know, once it's streaming. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a tough movie to talk about without spoiling it. Also, it is based on a true story. So it's kind of the weird thing of like, yeah, you could just know exactly what happens in this. And, and, for history. Yeah. And it's based on a book as well. So I don't know. I, I, I would recommend it. I, I do think it's very good. I think, you know, I, I obviously your opinion matters. I think a lot of people, most people have come out of this being like, that was pretty amazing. Um, and and so I, didn't, I didn't answer your question very quickly. I'll just mm -hmm. say like, certainly if you're a Scorsese fan, I do think it's yeah. fascinating. He seems to pronounce his own name Scorsese, but we have all like yeah. decided as a society that we're going to say Scorsese that I just, I'm happy to do so. I just wanted to point that out because I'm mm -hmm. a stickler for that kind of stuff. Uh, the if if you're a fan of his for sure, this feels like you would like it as well. And people, for the most part, I think Scorsese fans are very much loud about it. And uh, so, for sure, I, I would recommend this movie. Yeah. All right. So let's let's spill the PSRT then and walk through the movie because i think it's easier to talk about in context of the movie so basically this movie starts it's in 1919 and ernest burkhardt who's played by leonardo dicaprio uh returns from world war one to visit his uncle william aka king hale um his brother byron is also there uh king hale played by robert de niro um hale is sort of like the you know he's called the king of the osage um although he is he is white he is has a lot of power and influence he's kind of like a pseudo mayor without being the mayor and he often like helps the osage people at least seemingly at first um by like 
you know, giving them gifts and et cetera, et cetera. But we soon soon learn that he is secretly murdering them to steal their wealth. And the Osage are uh, folks who were forced onto a reservation in Oklahoma, and that reservation ended up having oil on it. And so uh, I think per capita at the time, the Osage were the richest Americans um, uh, per capita. And um, but there's a lot of laws in which um, that money is not exactly given to them. Many of them have uh, guardians who manage their money, um, which is just a completely racist, uh, systematic form of uh, racism and oppression. And so uh, there's also these things known as head rights, which is um, basically your ownership over oil and future earnings of the oil. And Hale is orchestrating the murder of Osage people in order to inherit their um, head rights. Um, he sets up Ernest, who comes and works as a taxi cab driver, who's been driving around Molly Kyle, and he uh, basically uh, orchestrates their uh, marriage to, you know, earn her family's head rights. Um, they get married and slowly and slowly starts to kill basically all of Molly's family, um, including uh, his, uh, her mother um, and her sisters. Um, Ernest eventually sort of uh, is also, sorry, he's also poisoning Molly with, uh, with insulin uh, putting poison in the insulin. Uh, she has diabetes uh, to basically make sure that she can't put up any sort of fight against uh, Hale. Um, Hale also orders the death of uh, Henry Roan, Molly's first husband, as well as uh, they blow up her sister and her, um, her um, brother-in-law's house. And basically Molly owns all of her family's head rights. And so Ernest would inherit them upon her death. Um, they basically send this man, Tom White, um, the, from the Bureau of Investigation, which will eventually become the FBI, to start looking into it, along with a, a, a bunch of other FBI undercover um, agents. They pressure Ernest into a confession, uh, but eventually he is uh, convinced not to testify by Hale and Hale's attorney, played by Brendan Fraser. Um, Hale tries to have Ernest killed, but has failed. Um, he eventually, Ernest eventually decides not to testify when his daughter dies of whooping cough. And he uh, testifies on behalf of the government to put Hale in jail. There's this epilogue that's provided through a radio show. Um, Ernest received a life sentence, as did Hale. Um, he was paroled, but um, Molly had uh, remarried uh, somebody else. Um, and uh, and yeah, then the radio show producer, played by Martin Scorsese, um, tells the details of Molly's life, uh, including the fact that her obituary failed to mention any of the murders. Um, and then the final scene here is um, an Osage uh, tribal dance, a celebration. So, yeah, basically how William Hale conducted the murders of um, many Osage people for money uh, through Ernest Burkhart. Um See, I to me the like I know like we could talk about the length, and I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time, ironically, on the length of the film, Ariel. But <laughs> I do feel like part of the thing of the length, this movie is like very gratuitous in in depicting the death of these of these people. Um, we see like many of them shot in the head, or the way that they are poisoned, or you know, blown up. Uh, we see, I think her, her Molly sister, like lying down after like the house had exploded. But I do feel like the length of the film is to like, there's such a difference between, I think the book and the, and the movie, the book is written from 
like the journalist's perspective of like going and trying to investigate what happened here. Mm -hmm. And it's not really revealed until a little bit into the book that it is like Hale and Ernest Burkhart, like doing all of these, these murders. And I feel like the movie does a smart job. Scorsese does a smart job of like not really trying to hide the fact that this is what he's doing. Like, I think pretty much immediately you can tell like, yeah, Hale's going to orchestrate all of these, these murders in a way that the book plays it a little bit more. I feel like mystery, like, and then it's like in the depiction of the FBI and how basically Tom White and what they did in, in Oklahoma sets up like a lot of what the FBI becomes. And while they are like the book is very interestingly, like while they are successful in to a degree in terms of like solving these murders, the, the end of the book also then has him go back in modern time. Um, the author of the book to talk about all of the stuff that was not, like discovered or solved or whatever. Like there's supposedly over a hundred murders that happen. Mm -hmm. I feel like the movie picks what it, it wants to tell us, which is like, it's so obvious that this was happening and yet nobody cared to do anything. And like the systems that were set up to like prevent this from being stopped were never really put in place. And even the FBI come in and like, yes, they like stop this particular thing from happening, but they're not really a central part of the movie in the way that they are in the book. Like, Tom's white whole history is like told to us in the book in a way that like Jesse Bummins is in this movie, but like not like hugely, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the three and a half hour runtime is to sit in like the awfulness of that this happened. And that like the more and more the movie goes on, you're like, how does this continue to happen? And er how can Ernest love potentially love Molly and still choose to do all this stuff? And I feel like that's where the length actually like I think enhances the movie and that you just have to sit in this like you know osage people have to like have had to suffer for however many years i i don't know that's that's my instinct but again i feel like that could be deemed pretentious ariel no i think uh, call me pretentious too i feel like that that was okay, my pretentious too. coming <laughs> you're pretentious one i'm pretentious one you're pretentious two. Two. Uh, who's on first mm -hmm. i that was exactly my initial takeaway when i got out of the movie was like i really appreciate the idea that you have to sit with it, as you said, like really, uh, I hesitate the, to use the word luxuriate, but like really sit in with yourself with that information. Like the way to your point, I think it is really interesting in the movie, the difference against the book, which which you read and I obviously didn't. Listeners will know I tend not to read things when I'm <laughs> assigned them in school. Uh -huh. um, I I love that we are told basically and you can like at, at, at in the very very beginning it's a little bit like you have to read between the lines a little bit but very quickly it becomes clear who the perpetrators are beyond suspicion i think the idea that you know who it is basically from the outset is doing what we're talking about even more of like there yeah. is no mystery it's these people are doing it and we're watching them do it and what does that mean and like historically what does it mean that these people were do were doing this all across the board like obviously with with the osage people and their society and how you know much money was underground and under the table so to speak it makes sense that they were targeted so heavily but this was happening and did happen and in some ways continues to happen in the US and other places all the time and like it's almost like the FBI came here, right? Or went there to investigate this thing that was happening. But like, where are they investigating just all the other murders, period, full stop, that are taking place? 
So I think absolutely the sitting with it is the thing that's most effective for me. Like I've, this movie could have been a whole half hour longer in that regard and, and like really, really drill that point home. Um, knowing who's doing it and like the suffering, like, yeah, I think you're right to, to you know, you, it's the, you wouldn't be wrong. You could have the debate of like how gratuitous it is, but like in the sense of the intent, it's absolutely clear that the intent is to show how monstrous and how normal this behavior was. Um, and like, when we look at these people and it's like, Oh, how could you have done that? Uh, that's literally the, the entire point. And again, like the his having to live with the history. It's interesting to me, like other, you know, countries have, you know, much more official days of remembrance. And like, we have to write this wrong that was done historically, whereas in the US, it's kind of like, you know, we put it out in this way, like through art, or like, you know, we'll change for some people, Christopher Columbus Day is now like, you know, uh, Indigenous People's Day, but like, that's yeah. kind of the extent of it. There's no let's put out a press release about the at minimum a press release let alone like actual words being spoken by someone of importance of like these are terrible things that happened and we need to like as a country engage with that and learn from it and like try to understand our history i think that's really important mm -hmm. and you know in that sense this movie is standing in for a lot of those things that frankly haven't taken place so i think it does uh it does make it m even more important than than, you know, a quote unquote normal movie. Yeah. I mean, it, all of that, it, it's so complicated because, um, you know, there, there is, um, there's a pretty viral tweet going around about, I, I want to, I'm going to pull it up as I'm speaking to make sure I get the name, um, name right. But it, it's a person who worked on, on the movie who is basically saying like, it's great that like, you know, someone with, power and influence and and the ability to get money in Martin Scorsese can get this movie made and that Leonardo DiCaprio is the star of this film about a, a story that that needs to be told and at the same time you know this is a movie not from the the perspective of an Osage and specifically of of Molly from from the perspective of Molly Burkhart I think there's a whole section of this movie where due to what actually happened Molly being poisoned she is not really in the movie. Um, she is is bedridden. Um, and there are scenes with her where she's hallucinating or people go to check up on her and see. But the I think the like the pieces about the gratuitous nature of the film is really complicated because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, this is this is awful. And is this the way that like if an Osage director, if somebody from that mm -hmm. tribe was making the movie? Would they make it this gratuitous? This is this is what Martin Scorsese does. These are the type of movies he makes, which is these yeah. like normally these gangster films and the violence depicted is something that he's he's really good at showing and how like evil all that stuff can be. And in this movie, I do think he does a good job of like making us sit in in the evil and and like gratuitous or or systematic unfairness. Like the scenes where Molly has to go, she has to say. Um, I can't remember the word, the, the official language. She basically has to say, like, I'm incapable. That might actually be what she has to say. And and the guy's like, you know, it looks like, you know, you spend a lot of money on a funeral for your mom. It's like, hell, like, F you, man. Like, yeah. And I believe that man is also part of the KKK. I think we see in a scene later in the movie, like, 
it's deplorable. It is like absolutely deplorable. And so on one hand, like that is the point to make us see it and, and that you can't like look, obviously you, you could like leave the theater. You don't have to go watch this movie. Like you don't have to do anything, but if you're right. watching the movie, you know, honestly, you do have to sit there and watch it. And yet like it is hard to watch. I'm, I'm so intrigued to get into like where you felt like it didn't work. Cause I do think the one piece that doesn't work for me is potentially a really important part of the movie, which is what was Ernest Burkhart like thinking and what was his reasoning for doing everything he's doing? Because yeah. I think the movie to a degree does want to say, it, it doesn't want to say that he doesn't love Molly, I think. Um, and I love that Molly gets a, you know, the last moment, based on her last moment in the movie, it's her getting up and leaving him saying, did you poison me? And he says, no. And so she leaves, she leaves him. And, um, you know, you're supposed to believe that's the last time they basically see each other, or at least, you know, there's an, even an inkling that there could be a relationship. And I don't know what happens if he says I did, but there is part of this movie where like Ernest is played pretty dumb, I think mm -hmm. um, more so than evil. Yes. And I'm wondering like, there's a way that that works. And also I think that there's a big way in which like, I really do question that. And this is exactly what, um, gosh, I can't, I can't find um, uh, the guy's name, but he worked on the movie. And I think it's amazing that he, um, he came out and sort of critiqued um, the movie to it, to an extent of being like, this is not an Osage story. And he mm -hmm. says like, that's not love. When you kill every member of, of your wife's family, you don't love that woman. You don't love her. And so that's to me where I get like the most hung up on being able to call this a masterpiece. And I get that like, that might feel like very like, woke of me or whatever it's because like i think what mark scorsese is like what a complicated individual ernest burkhardt is to like marry have children with this mm -hmm. woman and then kill her entire family and yeah. yet i don't know it's yeah it's yeah. It, it's interesting to me as well i think you know first of all his name is ernest and he for a lot of a lot of his conversations and a lot of what he says he believes and he, and I think the part about his relationship with Molly kind of doesn't work if he's as casually cruel and aware of, and I'm not giving him a pass, but I'm just saying to the, to the, you know, to the point about how complicated he actually is as a character when he's presented as kind of just like following orders for the most part. And then can I read the quote? I found it's from Christopher yeah. Coates, uh, Coates, Cote, not sure, but he, he says as an Osage, I really wanted this to be from the perspective of Molly and what her family experienced, but I think it would take an Osage to do that. Martin Scorsese, not being Osage. I think he did a great job representing our people, but this history is being told almost from the perspective of Ernest Burkhart. And they kind of give him this conscious and this, they kind of depict that there's love, but when someone conspires to murder your entire family, that's not love. That's not love. That's just beyond abuse. And that's uh, Christopher Cote, who was um, an Osage language consultant on the film. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, their their relationship is is definitely interesting to me. And I think their connection, especially how it ends, like you said, with the, with her asking him, um, you know, did you, did you do this? And my, you know, my read on, to answer your question a little bit, which was somewhat rhetorical, but I'm going to choose to do so anyway, mm -hmm. about like, what would she have done had he been honest? And I think it did feel to me like 
it was the last test. Like, okay, everything is out for the most part. Everything is out in the open. And now I'm asking you to be honest with me. Yes, there's yeah. another person in the room, but like essentially this is a, a, a private conversation. And it kind of feels like a test. Like I'm not saying had he been like, yes. And she'd be like, oh, thank you for being honest. Now we can finally be in a relationship. But uh -huh. I think that was the only path forward for them. And because he chose to, you know, hide behind the lie, hide behind the power, whatever you want to put it. It was like, okay, no, he is in fact who I was worried he was and not who I kind of had thought that he was. And it's, it's really, it's really unfortunate. Like their connection is, is truly felt throughout the movie. And I think yeah. her, her character, I agree. Like I, I heard, you know, one of the things before going into the movie was you hear so much about uh, Lily Gladstone's acting. Yeah. And, you know, while to be clear, her acting is incredible and in all the moments that she gets, whether big or quote unquote small, and she just kind of has to like be drugged on the bed. Um, really powerful and really, really well done and impressive. Mm -hmm. I for sure wanted more from her, needed more from her. I I think, you know, the kinds of scenes that we get at the end, the one that you and I are talking about her, you know, when she's, I love the stuff with her about, you know, the, the look on her face, even when she's just like eating at the table and she's asking for, I think yeah. she's already asked for money, but now it's like, we need to send someone or I need to go to DC so I can talk to a person. Yep. Just like the amount of, uh helplessness that she feels that her family feels that she feels you know just as a person as her own person as a member of her community is is incredible and like so deeply sad and awful and it's so it's so impressive what she's able to do but it did feel like we could have gotten some some other moments from her just like a couple more to like really I don't. I don't need her to be like crying at the bottom of the stairs like that when when her sister. Holy got, crap! The the because that was incredible. The whale like, is like, oh, I can't like more. I, can't, I, I yeah. needed. I needed a little bit more from her. Honestly, well, that, that's how that's how I was kind of left feeling. Well, I I think that that's totally fair. I do think one thing. I think I I feel like I haven't really seen a performance like this, like Lily Gladstone gives as Molly Burkhart. The scenes where her and Leo are like the, the courtship um, in the car and the way she's silent, but holding power. And then when they're like on the dinner date and she's just in total control of him, she's calling him a coyote. She's there's when they're going to have whiskey, but it starts storming and he goes to pour and she goes, no, 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 you just, you sit there. Like you, we need to listen to the storm, like, you know, and, and like have reverence for it, you know? I just thought her quiet power, I thought, in these scenes and then the tragedy of that being taken away, like they needed her. They couldn't kill her because the the head rights would have gone to any other sister. So I guess I don't I guess I don't know exactly. But like basically the, the idea is like kill everybody else and then kill Molly. Like Molly's the last one to die because they need to like all of them need to be in control of Molly so that then they go to Ernest. And so this deplorable act of poisoning her to slow her down, I believe like De Niro's character Hale says this, like we just need to slow her down a little bit is so 
sickening. This woman who is, you know, she is the one who goes to DC, even when she's like, she's not, uh, I think I can't remember the timeline exactly if she goes to DC and like she has diabetes. And so like they have, or they haven't like decided, they haven't started poisoning her yet. Or like, it's just that she has diabetes. And so that's why she's like, not completely like healthy a hundred percent. And yet they send her, she, she, no, they don't, nobody sends her. She decides to go. I just like, I don't feel like, I feel like this is such a rare performance for, um, like a movie star that I just felt was so captivating and the most compelling person on the screen. And, yeah. and then, yeah, I do. I, I think I agree with you in the sense that what I want more from is we get introduced to this story by like Ernest coming to Oklahoma, Ernest meeting with, um, with Robert De Niro. And, and again, I think that there's like a way in which this movie doesn't get made unless Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro sign up to do it together. And so to a degree, these are like the stars of the movie. And unfortunately, like Lily Gladstone gets made a star out of this movie, like because she's she's in it with these people and it's like a big budget film. She uh, apparently was going to quit acting before she got this role. She uh, had signed up for a data analyst course um, and was going to take it and then got uh, cast in this movie. I need to go to DC to take a data. <laughs> yeah, she leaves. She never comes back. She was a data analyst. But I, I think that I think to your point about like what is missing from it. I do. I do think that's it. That is the way that this movie will always, for me, just lose that half a point, and where I can't quite call it a masterpiece because I think that there's a version of this movie that is told much more from Molly Burkhardt's perspective that is a more powerful movie. Like I thought, some of the best stuff in the movie is like when we constantly see the owl, you know, her mom sees the owl, she sees the owl and it's a sign mm -hmm. of death in Osage culture. Yeah. And those, yeah. and that, those moments with her mom, I thought were incredible. Like, I think that's where you can please do not, you know, uh, mistake this for trying to give these people, people of this caliber notes per se, but I think for sure seeing her interact more with her family specifically about like, how all this stuff is weighing on them. You know, they don't have to, it doesn't have to be so heavy handed of like, these people are talking about how this is weighing on them, but just like seeing it. And, you know, we got a lot of moments of, of, you know, her sister being super, super drunk. And that's, that's clearly, you know, on, I mean, Anna on, was on also a mental level about this. Yes. Right? Like Played by Kara Jade Myers. She's amazing. Everything that they have, they are going through and have been through historically. I think that's yes. all important and valid but i think for sure the the there was like a little bit of a a quality of stiltedness with how that piece of it was was uh was portrayed like i think it was important for them as filmmakers to show again the like casual monstrosity and evil of these people and how they continue to talk about it especially Robert De Niro's character just talking about these like life altering things and decisions that they're making in like a very casual manner uh but i think more you know more just from her from her and her family and her you know her deciding that she wants to go to DC and all those things could have been informed you know by some some conversations. I, I don't know. I just, I mean, we spend a lot of time in this movie with like the Brendan Frazier and John Lithgow show up as like attorneys in the middle of the film. And not that that's not like an important piece of the story that like Ernest testifies recants and then ultimately makes this decision to 
do it. But like all of that, like confessing he gets, he gets like, I do love the Stephanie. It's almost like I want this movie to be like five hours long, which is ridiculous. I know it's like so ridiculous because I do like the stuff where like one of the funniest lines in the whole movie to me is like they catch, they catch this guy Blackie who is the first guy that they try to hire to blow up the house. But he's, he, um, uh, Ernest offers to let him steal his car and he'll get the insurance money and he gets caught immediately for stealing the car. Well, he gets caught again later and um, they're like, uh, how did it go? He's like, do you heard you tried to escape or something? He's like, how did it go? He's like, well, I'm here. So obviously it didn't go well. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a bunch of those like very funny sit in the moment. Like you're not understanding, like the people, the people who are talking are not on the same page. Hale says, um, look at me like what I'm saying to you makes sense when he's like, I'm going away and I need you to like do the bombing while I'm away. And he's wearing those stupid um, like driving goggles that like I'm sure were very useful at the time because you would get bugs in your eye or whatever because like there was no hood to your car. But like he's he's looking at him like a complete fool and he's like, tell me, look at me like what I'm telling you makes sense. <laughs> it's like the stupidest line, it's but it's so good. Funny. It's very funny. Yeah, and so like you know, and obviously like the Tom White stuff is important when Jesse Plemons comes and you get the FBI, but I just think like, yeah, I think if we could spend more time with the people who are the actual victims of this, but again, that's like, that's like not Scorsese's thing. Scorsese is really good at like men who commit evil. And why do they do that? Like, and, and like the scene, like I do love the scene where um, it's Brendan Fraser and he's um, earned He wants, time alone with Ernest and the and Lithgow's being like no no that like he that cannot happen like he's a he's testifying you can't meet and he goes and he meets and it's every powerful it's like every white person in in um in the Osage uh, County right who's like in the room like staring at him he's like okay I won't testify you know like I do mm -hmm. think there is like there is power to the thing and I get why like it fully resonates with people and people like call it a masterpiece because I do I do think like what more Martin Scorsese is able to 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 do and like this is this is what he does this is the type of stories he tells like wolf of wall street is about you know kind of also like a dumb man who like gets really rich off this like scheme that like you know this is this is the story these are the stories he tells right so it's like i do get that that's this is pretty much what i expected i think that like yeah for like 20 years in the future do we get like way more molly and even anna before she dies who carrie jade myers was amazing um uh, Minnie, I think, is uh, is the first uh, sister to die, and she's kind of like she has the withering disease, which I think is also um, in the book has proven to be that she was poisoned by her husband, who's played by Jason Isbell. Like, I feel like we just never spend time with those people, and those are like the people whose story is so important in this in this movie. I want to talk a little bit about the ending because I've heard a lot of yes. people talk about how amazing the ending is, and I do think the ending is interesting and i i do think like it's good and at the same time so so the ending is the radio play and it's interesting because this is true the fbi created this like true crime radio drama and so we get to see like a recreation of it and it's basically like recounting the osage murders and then it's like the epilogue to the movie and scorsese himself shows up in the thing doesn't it feel like the whole moot like <laughs> to a degree like part of me is like you didn't recognize him. He was hiding in the bushes like throughout a lot of the movie. Like, I saw him and I was like, oh my God, there he is making the movie. Like I get that the commentary is like these people didn't get to tell their story. And so we're going to do it in this way where 
like they don't they also don't get to tell their story and scorsese who's like making the movie is doing a couple like isn't the making of the movie scorsese uh, do, like doing this so then he's like doing it within the movie like i'm a little bit like th so then there's a scene where we get like the tr the dance the tribal dance wouldn't it have been more powerful to to me and like i get the point it's trying to make but also couldn't we have done like do we have to like double down on the point that like the Osage people didn't get to tell their own story when it's in a movie about the Osage people not getting to tell their own story? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then for it to also be like in the way that, you know, so it's ending on this and like it's saying something about, uh, you know, in a smaller way, like true crime culture and, and yeah. how we talk about these things and how yeah. it's very, you know, like the rubbernecking of it all. Like we just want to know what happens because to us, at, like to, to us and to people who are interested in those kinds of stories, it's very much like, oh, I just want to know what happens, right? Like it's 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 just a story as opposed to this is a real thing that happened to real people. Um, and how we like pat ourselves on the back. We're like, oh, wow, look, we just like the people in the audience, right? In, in the movie that we're watching in this like radio show, they're like, wow, we're learning this stuff and we're here watching this like, quote unquote woke thing and it's it's funny because it's so empty and we're we're watching them and we're like wow this exercise is so empty and like not at all genuine and then to your point now we're like further perpetuating that and like what does that say and how do we feel about that so i do appreciate that the movie is trying to make us think about that like if you weren't thinking about it already you should really think about how you're feeling walking out of this movie being an uncomfortable you know and being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and all those things so to me it's just like endlessly fascinating this is something that really did work for me of all the layers that you and i have just spoken about and the fact that it's him himself you know narrating part of it is you know putting an even finer point on it like he he's not ex excluding himself from you know that uh criticism if you want to put that word on it. it might be too severe so i think it's it's super fascinating to then go back to the real thing um, and you know create that like pattern from above and like this is and they're literally on their they're literally on you know, wild land, quote unquote. And it's not like they're in the town. They are in the land. They're on the land, you know, where everything comes from and where people are buried and like their connection to to the earth. And it feels, it's a little bit um, jarring, I will say for sure. But I think that that was one of the things that I understood the most. And not to say you didn't understand, but it just, I, I understood oh, yeah. why it was in there more so than than a lot of other things. Because I one of the things that I, I actually do think is interesting about the book is that basically you get the history of like what happened at the time and like what the FBI was able to stop. And basically like Hale goes to jail. He does, I think, I can't remember. I know that Ernest gets paroled. I can't remember if Hale is in jail until he dies, but it doesn't really matter. It's like they wrap up sort of what happened at the time. And then uh, David Grant, who's the author of the book, goes back and he talks to descendants of Molly Burkhart. And I really loved that choice of this is a woman who she, her family was was tried to be erased from existence and and the money and wealth that her family got was tried to be was taken from them. And they don't really talk about like money or whatever, but it's just like they go back and then basically it's the it's Molly Burkhart's, I think, granddaughter, um, I believe, talks about what her mom was like and also um, talks a little bit about like her memory of things that if other she wasn't like around at the time but 
growing up in the shadow of that and having it like Ernest gets out. And so like having a grandfather who did this and all of that stuff. And also then the acknowledgement that like, this is one piece of it that didn't get, that got solved. And there's so much more that, that didn't. And what I really like is just like, kind of like the perseverance of that. I, I almost like want to, again, basically everything that's in this movie, I want to keep. I just like, want to, I want more in a way is like, I know that like doesn't make sense for a three and a half hour film, but there's a way in which like, I think the book does a really good job of being like, yeah, if you, it didn't work, you know, in a way that I think it, and, and yeah, it didn't work, but also like you did cause tremendous harm. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think most people are really high on the ending. I think it's, it's quite unique and, um, it really does like it's it's such a dramatic like shift from the end of the movie to that that moment. I think we go right from uh, the scene with Molly and Ernest to the reenactment, and then we get um, the tribal the tribal dance. But yeah, what a movie, Ariel! It's it's a lot. It's a lot of movie, and it's uh, if it feels so trite these days to be like it's an important movie. <laughs> like you clearly oh, yeah. like the fact that it's. A filmmaker like him, who is as, uh, you know, stands in such incredible company as one of like the few truly, truly respected uh, and acclaimed directors going back, you know, a really long time. And obviously his body of work speaks for itself for him to choose to make this movie and tell it in such an intentional way. And like, you know, not to be not to be morbid, but he himself has said, you know, like I only have so many movies left, you know, to make. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. he wanted to tell this one. And like, clearly, you know, as an American, it felt important to him to try to um, shed a very specific kind of light, not just shed a light on this because no one can really say, Oh, wow. That's like really interesting. I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know about this horrible history um, more so like this specific story because it it humanizes it um and it's you know it's uh it's really effective in in those things that you and i have talked about and like really clearly intentionally wanting to make people feel a certain way and and uh being effective at it i i again i love this movie i'm i'm gonna go see it again probably i'm willing to go sit for three and a half hours in movie theater to watch it again i thought it it's i think it's an amazing film. It's. I think my critiques are why it's a four and a half instead of a five, like five star film for me. Um, I do. I do think it's an important movie. I think this is the type of movie that I do like, and then I'm like questioning whether or not. And, and that sounds very. This what I was about to say was like. Then I'm questioning whether I should like it because that sounds very silly because this movie is getting like near universal praise. But I more mean like, it's 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 really dark. Like you see a woman's head get sawed open to try and find the bullet and they friggin' steal the bullet so that you can't and like it's just the way i think for me is the way in which this isn't i don't think this is a movie about smart men trying and, and getting away with something and trying to like sneak one over it's about how complicit people were in very obvious racism and uh systems of oppression to gain power like william hale like is like Okay, you gotta get married to Molly Ernest. You know she's got a lot of head rights, so you could get a control. Of, like it's almost immediate. The way he takes out an insurance policy on Henry Roan and then has him murdered, and just like you know, it's it's just wild to me that it's like wild wild insurance fraud, like uh, the really fire fun. too, 
And again, I think this movie is also like, I think just like sitting in all of it, it's very beautiful. Uh, it was filmed in Oklahoma. I believe it's the most expensive movie to ever be made in Oklahoma. I love, uh, I thought the scenes where um, Ernest takes the poison himself while the uh, Hale is committing uh, fire, <laughs> fire insurance fraud. Um as like the fire, like the land around their house is like burning as she's like, you know, dying in her bed. It It is like a really stunning, just like, I don't know. It's not shocking. And I think that's like the shocking thing about it is that like, it's so obvious and intentional what they're doing and it's so evil, you know? So yeah, I liked it a lot. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I think that's Killers of the Flower Moon, Ariel, our recap, and post recap theater. Those flower moons are dead. <laughs> they killed them. Yeah, how dare they? Um, all right, Ariel, um, bit of an interesting week. Now, I'm traveling. I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to go see this. I do have to carve t- time out of my schedule to go see, I think, Five Nights at Freddy's. Is that what we're going to cover next week? I'm, I'm fully asking you on air as we're talking. Uh, I think let me see what else is coming. So, I'm trying to think of what else is available, but for sure. All right. Getting a wide release this Friday. Uh, there's a Greg Kinnear movie called Sight, Ariel. It's called Sight. I, saw, I remember Out of Sight. George Clooney's in that. It is uh, the story of Dr. Ming Wang, one of the world's top laser eye surgeons. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Freelance is a movie that gets a wide release this week. It has John Cena, Alison Brie, Christian Slater. Let me give you the premise. An ex-Special Forces operative takes a job to provide security for a journalist as she interviews a dictator, but a military coup breaks out in the middle of the interview, and they are forced to escape into the jungle where they must survive. This is starting to sound like the morning show. Inspector Sun gets a full release this Friday. I, th- I think it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. I also think it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Are you a Josh Hutchinson fan? Are you uh uh yeah, I do I do stand PETA. Um, right before uh PETA the character from right before a songbird of snakes mm-hmm. and a songbird of <laughs> snake and fire. What is it? What is it? It's a, it's Games. The ballad of Buster Scruggs. No, the ballad of like snakes and butterflies something like that the ballad we're, we're, of songbirds and snakes there you go yeah. there you go yeah that comes out this this fall apparently so mm-hmm. no we'll probably yeah. bring that <laughs> that's the movie we needed <laughs> it's not the movie we wanted but it's the movie, <laughs> we, <needed. laughs> it's the movie we deserve all right well we'll be talking five nights at freddy's i think next week did you ever play the game it's based on a game right oh no, my god I've never played almost two hours this, yeah what are we doing what are we doing five nights at freddy's you could be an hour 50 what are we doing it's um, I never played it either, but this is basically Chuck E. Cheese is a haunted house, basically. So should be fun to chat about, if nothing less. Um, Errol, in the meantime, what else you got going on? Where can people find you? I am on Twitter at that other Ariel, always retweeting everything I'm covering, covering the morning show with you, covering Tales from the Loop with you and Rich, mm-hmm. uh, covering Grey's Anatomy, Ridiculousness with Chappelle once a month. We just put a new episode out of that. And um, what else? I think that's mostly everything. Yes. Uh, in addition to everything, Rich and I are chatting through the fall of Rome. I'm covering our flag means death. The finale is this week. And Jess and I are chatting through full spoiler recaps, 
this past week we talked about Wolf Like Me. We actually got to interview the creator, director, executive producer, Abe Forsyth. It was a very fun interview with Abe. So check that out. And then we'll be covering Bodies, which is a Netflix drama, eight episodes. And it's very much like Dark if you watch Netflix Dark. So um, check that out. We'll be B-O-D-Y-S. Love Bodies. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, though, but I'm looking forward to it. Also, don't search out on Netflix. It's B-O-D-I-E-S. <laughs> you're searching you know you know okay uh rich and i are also talking yellowstone as well i forgot uh we're trekking through that show they air every week on cbs all right i'm on social media at high from grace we'll be back next week talking five nights for freddy's until then i'm grace that's ariel and we are